It's Friday, January 26th. Today, Meta wants to have AI redesign your ad. Worst part is, you might not be able to turn that redesign off. Also, in a world of declining digital ad effectiveness, could postal mail be our marketing savior? Google's data reduction is somehow giving marketers more data. And the helpline is back to solve a problem connecting Google Ads to GA4. I'm Todd Maffin. That's ahead today in digital marketing. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. And if you like the format of this podcast, you will love theirs. It's packed with information, but it's brief. Last week, they had a great rundown on car prices, not just the numbers, but why car prices moved, how weather affects that market. It was super interesting. They also cover things like boosting your credit score, putting money away for retirement, saving on travel, and so on. So yeah, listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Putting our podcast and newsletter together can get complicated. We add show notes in one place, interview coordination in another, brainstorming somewhere else. It's easy to lose track of the big picture when you have to open a new window for every detail. With Miro, you can bring everything and everyone together in one place. Consolidate different points of view and increase team collaboration all on one centralized board. For instance, we used Miro to figure out the right flow for our newsletter automations. It let us get our team all contributing, including our ad agency people, and saved us a ton of time. And its new AI tool, which summarizes and clusters information automatically, was a game changer. Find simplicity in your most complex projects with Miro. Your first three Miro boards are free when you sign up today at Miro.com slash podcast. That's three free boards at Miro.com slash podcast. Before we start, a tiny bit of breaking news, literally breaking, as several parts of Google's marketing platform appear to be broken this hour, specifically Google Ads, Google Analytics, and Search Ads 360. One particular issue, the programmatic buyer dimension, is only returning dash values for some people within the completed Ad Manager historical reports when you run them via the Ad Manager reporting UI or the Ad Manager API. Google says they are working on it, but in the meantime, there is a workaround. This information can still be obtained within the Ad Manager UI by visiting the associated order or proposal. It does seem like it's all hands on deck over there to get these glitches fixed, but if you are experiencing weirdness today, it's not just you. Every Friday, we check in with our Meta Ads correspondent, Andrew Foxwell. Andrew has visibility into $300 million in Meta Ad spend through his Slack community called Foxwell Founders. Andrew, this week we reported on Meta's new Brand Rights Protection Manager. Can you first walk us through what this is? Yeah, so there's actually three things that they came out with that are new, but we can talk about the Brand Rights Protection Manager first. So the Brand Rights Protection Manager... Um, allows basically what this is what meta says rights holders to monitor for misuse of their brand and report intellectual property infringement and business impersonation so essentially this is in the meta business suite so in the business manager Mm -hmm. um, and leverages ai and machine learning to basically find 
areas where people are using your stuff and not telling you. <laughs> it's essentially what it comes down to. Right. And so you can save searches and things like that. So that's this is a this is basically what it is. It allows you to monitor this and and tell tell Meta and be able to find it uh, more quickly. So is this for products like like do you upload images of your products presumably and and then it looks for ripoffs of it or are we also talking about like brand mentions that are out there that you might hire a media monitoring company for in the past i think for the most part this is looking at uh images because it talks about the reference library which is part of this where you upload all this stuff into basically being images it used to be 50 now you can have 200 so they're looking for variations of the brand assets um but so i think primarily it's around images but i do think that it's starting to capture mentions of it if people are you know, copying your name or something like that, it probably will be picking up on that because it has the saved search. So now you don't have to go in and search manually, which you uh, used to have to do. Um, and then it has a cross surface search, which apparently they didn't have before either, which was now looks at ads, commerce accounts and posts. Um, so it kind of looks at everything and then has the save searches there as part of it as well. So it's looking for terms and it's looking for images. But I think mostly right now it's still around the images or like the creative variations. Yeah. Like I wonder if this is of any use for people that don't sell physical products that, you know, frequently get ripped off. I think it's probably of most use to those people. But I also think if you are, you know, somebody that's posting um, something like that would be a unique look or something like that, that you, you know, is yours, like um, like a logo or something like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, that probably is a good way where people are, are you know, would be potentially using your mm. logo. So, you know, I think I think it's interesting. I mean, certainly the way that this was managed before was really bad and this product wasn't very good. And a lot of people had a real challenge with it because, again, you had to go in and search every time. So um, the fact that this is here, uh, I think, is a really good thing. And hopefully we'll continue to help. Pretty much every week now, it seems, Meta is making an announcement that they are rolling out generative AI. Um, they announced it <laughs> again. Is there anything different here? What's new about their this week's Gen AI announcement? Yeah, so in the generative AI stuff, you know, they we've heard about it for a while. We've heard about it being um, being utilized, but we didn't really know where, when, or how. They now are, have announced we're rolling this out to everyone, and um, they're rolling out three things. One is image expansion. So if you upload a uh, an image, it will expand the size of that image to fit certain areas and different placements. Hmm. So it, it will, you know, even if you've cropped it in one placement, it could have the potential to use the whole thing. Background generation is is one. So if you upload a product with your product catalog and that has a pink background, it will potentially put that image in four different backgrounds, like one in a library, one against a brick wall, one in a factory. <laughs> like, yeah. um, like it will do that automatically based on what it knows that person responds to. And text variations as well. It automatically is going to um, be utilizing text variations on its own. So... It's these are available to everyone and they're rolling out all three of these um, is what we know. And so these we'll all start to see them. And there's not necessarily going to be a way to turn them off as far as I know. Oh, now that's interesting. Yeah. So I think you will be able to like 
I think that right now they'll have opt in and out, but I think over time, this will not be something that you'll be able to necessarily control. Potentially the background generation piece you'll be able to control and you'll be able to say, yes, I want to have the text variations, but I really think the image expansion one, you definitely won't be able to turn off. That'll do it on its own and give it the right. But will you be able to ask it to regenerate if it's just like missed the mark? Uh, I don't think there'll be an opportunity for that. I think you'll have a lot of, if you're very like hardcore on your brand, this is going to become an uncomfortable place for you. Um, and you're going to have to just sort of accept that it will look different and be resized and potentially put on a background image. Um, I think there is a, there there's places that you can upload a, like exclusions um, that that I've heard that they may be rolling out. So that probably will be part of this. But basically, mm. nobody had access before. It was in beta. Now they're rolling it out to everyone. It's sort of one of those one of those changes that Meta often makes these days where it makes me feel like do these have these people ever run a marketing campaign like they're they're talented software engineers. But have they ever managed a brand before? Because to me, as as a brand manager, as an agency owner, it's horrifying that they'll that to run an ad on, you know, one of the two major platforms, you just have to take what it's going to create for you. Even if it creates something that is off-brand. Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. not an ideal situation. Very strange. And um, I think it's going to create a lot of more messiness, to be honest with you. Um, but I also think they're clearly confident in the results of this. So they're clearly confident in the fact that it has provided more you know, reliable results for people over time. Um, so... I, you know, the tests, the beta tests that I've seen of this and the results of them haven't been anything magically different than what we've already had or what like we've seen on manual. But um, certainly the sizing is one that I have seen be helpful because I think sizing is an area where there's opportunity to make the ad look a little bit better instead of giving more control to the advertiser. So that one I actually do agree with. But the other two, it's really going to be difficult to see. I don't like the text variation one. I think that Meta would really mix words and make it really strange. But we've already started to see this pop up in our community. People are like, that Meta saying this is not what I not what we wrote. We would never say this. Um, so there's going to clearly have to be more guardrails there. But I think they're going to Roll it out. It'll be really messy and make a bunch of people mad. And then they'll roll out controls as things go on. I'm guessing how this is going to probably look. Are those text changes also not opt? Uh, we, we can't opt out of those. We can't edit those. Or do we have more flexibility over the? It depends on where you are in the world. In most places now, you can opt out of that. Um, but I'm like. I don't think that's going to be an option in the future necessarily. I don't actually mind the different backgrounds thing. I mean, obviously, it'd be great if if we had the ability to say, no, rerun that. You made a mistake um, or I don't want to use it at all. But even in the event that we can't do that, it is entirely possible, as you mentioned, that one of these different backgrounds might perform better. Let's, let's say that Meta comes up with 12 different backgrounds that it's going to test. Will they expose the metrics on those different backgrounds for us so that we can tell so that we can get some marketing data back, right? So that we can say, oh, look, when they tested it against a brick wall, it actually gave us double the conversions. Will we get any of that level of data? At this point, I think that you could look at a winning variation and it would potentially show this information. But I don't I don't know yet because the reporting that I've seen on this has been meta telling you, hey, the, the purple background did the best. So that's the only thing that you know. You don't know how the any one, uh, you only know the best one. 
So um, obviously, if that was something that was, you know, released, that would create a lot more clarity. Yeah, for sure. And and even knowing like the worst perform one, if there was one that was just was absolutely dead, you know, OK, you know, we're not going to position our product against bloody knives again or something. Like that. Right. Andrew, thank you. See you next week. <laughs> thank you. Andrew Foxwell is our Meta Ads correspondent. You can learn more about Andrew's digital ads training program at b.link slash Foxwell or his Slack community, which we are in, of senior Meta Ad buyers. That's at b.link slash founders. Both of those affiliate links, you can find those at the bottom of our show notes. Digital marketing once hailed for its precise targeting and cost-effectiveness, is facing some challenges heading into this year. The decline of Google's third-party cookies, Apple's changes, of course, the replacement of targeting toggles with AI, all of which is making ad targeting more difficult. And ad costs are rising, user tolerance for digital ads decreasing. But an interesting think piece in Digiday today considers the old lady of marketing, direct mail, which is actually gaining traction among B2B, big box retailers and brands in the home, fashion, financial services and insurance sectors. And with conversion rates between 1 and 5%, direct mail is proving relatively effective, especially when combined with digital elements like QR codes for better tracking. Five marketing executives spoke to Digiday for the story and said first-party data is becoming more valuable and innovations in tracking are enhancing its appeal. Quoting from their piece, quote, a person's physical mailbox is valuable real estate. Impressions from a direct mail campaign can be of better quality than a digital campaign as people are more likely to engage with mail in their home or business instead of scrolling past digital banners and social media sponsored posts. As the digital ad market gets more crowded, online users may be less likely to engage with a digital banner or sponsored post. Direct mail campaigns are a way to break through the noise, unquote. The whole piece is worth a read. You'll find it at digiday.com. Look for the article called In Rocky Digital Advertising Landscape, Advertisers Reconsider Direct Mail. I'm sorry. I know the, the theme is really cheesy. We're working on a better one, I promise. Tech support at the various platforms, as you know, are pretty terrible if they exist at all, which is why we have started the Digital Marketing Helpline. Call in with a problem you're having. We will find an expert to suggest some ways to fix your problem. Here is this week's call. I'm having problems setting up conversion correctly for Google Ads to show up on Google Analytics. We do lead form submission conversions and we get the whole Google ad code from once we set up the account, we put it on the website. It shows that it's firing, but for some reason, I'm not sure how to make that show up on Google Analytics. So all our reporting software that pulls the information pulls exactly the same information that we're seeing on Google ads. For an answer to this question, I'm joined by Steve Perron, owner and partner of Collective 42. Steve, you've heard the question. What do you think is going on here? So it's um it, it's not uncommon to see that kind of it's kind of a misconception that you set up conversions from Google Ads it should show up in GA4. Um however that's not the case. Uh GA4 uh if you want conversions for Google Ads to show up, uh you could connect your Google Ads account to uh GA4, but that's still going to show up in a separate section in Google Analytics 4. I believe it's like the advertising section on there. But if you want to have your conversions fired 
from your paid ads into GA4. You actually need to create them within GA4 and then feed them into Google Ads. The best way to do that is to create the conversion event um, with, let's say, Google Tag Manager, and let's say it's a form fill. Um, so create a conversion event that's a form fill, be it a unique landing page or an actual form submission. Have that event fire in uh, Google Analytics 4, turn that event into a conversion, and then within Google Ads, you can go to the conversion um, conversion section within Google Ads, and you can import your conversions from Google Analytics oh. into Google Ads. So there are separate platforms. So we have some clients that run uh, Google Ads conversion pixels, uh, and re they report out of Google Ads. And then we have other clients that then create Google Analytics of four conversions and import them into Google Ads. They will show different numbers because there is some different attribution. Mm -hmm. um, so, but if you want to see Google Analytics four conversions show up under, let's say, a source medium report, you have to create them in Google Analytics four. So they are separate kind of ecosystems, but there are ways to connect it. How do you prevent duplication of data then? If Google Ads is sending data over to the advertising side of GA4 and GA4 is set up to log conversions, are you not? Do, do, would you not have to dedupe that that uh, that incoming data? So I would say that uh, in the Google Ads side, you would definitely want to um, deprioritize one of the conversion metrics. Uh, otherwise, you will be counting duplicates if you have GA4 conversions importing and Google Ads. So you can set them up as secondary conversions or just monitor them to see how close they are. Um, typically, I would suggest when you're running Google Ads, um, using Google Ads conversion pixels, they tend to be a bit more accurate because they're in the ecosphere there than rather than importing from Google mm -hmm. Ads um, or Google Analytics 4 into ads. But having both, you can kind of compare. Maybe you got 100... Uh, from Google Analytics 4, and then Google Ads says you got 125. There's going to be a little bit of a discrepancy, so it's a nice kind of data redundancy. You mentioned one of the reasons that that there's a difference between the the numbers, and this is common across all platforms, really, is, is the attribution windows are slightly different. Is there a way to set the attribution windows on both platforms to be identical, which in theory should give identical numbers? Or is that just a marketing no, pipe dream? It's, yeah, it's not going to be possible because like Google Analytics uh, 4 has its own privacy um, um, settings that are within there. Um, and so, yeah, they will never be the same. So I always like to have more data and then kind of, uh, deducing it down. What do you report to your clients, the Google ad side, the Google analytics numbers, or do you kind of do a blend of the two? So, uh, typically our clients will be running multiple different types of campaigns. Let's say search engine optimization as well. And as, as paid ads, maybe they're running Facebook, um, ads as well. So we tend to set up conversions within Google uh, Google Analytics, or sorry, Google Analytics 4, and then import them into Google Ads. And uh, we report there because honestly, clients mostly like to look at Google Analytics 4 as the kind of the home-based dashboard of how are things going rather than mm -hmm. all the individual platforms. Yeah, we can piece them together in a custom report and, and report that way. But uh, using GA4 as kind of the home base or, or baseline for your conversions uh, tends to work out best. Quickly, tell me about your agency and where people can find you. Yeah, so you can go to collective42.com. Uh, we're a website design and development shop, uh, but we have uh, about 15 to 16 years in digital marketing experience. So that's where uh, you know I can come in and talk about this. 
Steve Perone, owner of Collective 42. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. If you have an issue with your digital marketing and would like a couple of ideas to try to get it fixed, call into our helpline by going to todayindigital.com slash voicemail. If we use your call on the show, we will give you a free subscription to our premium newsletter. That's todayindigital.com slash voicemail or tap the link at the top of the show notes. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In its continued attempt to lure people away from TikTok and Snapchat, Instagram is starting to roll out another feature. This one it calls Flipside and is an alternative profile of sorts. Quoting social media today, Instagram's Flipside option provides an alternative profile space, which is only accessible to you and your chosen connections. Once you've created a Flipside, you can then select it as your post audience, meaning your post will only go to that space. You can then visit and view your flip side as an alternative profile gallery where you can also add a new profile name and picture if you choose. It's another way for Instagram to lean into more private sharing, which has been a key trend of note in social apps of late. Fewer people are now posting to their public feeds while preferring to maintain smaller, closer-knit engagement communities, unquote. And finally, an update on a story we reported on earlier in the week. Google told marketers it would be reducing the amount of data it shared in the driving directions report inside Google profiles. Instead, though, it seems to have done the opposite. Some marketers and brand managers on social media are reporting a big spike in the numbers starting back from last week. One of these folks asked their Google rep about it, and that rep told them, quote, we are aware of the spike. I have reached out to our team, and they have confirmed this is accurate. This is likely from improved detection and reporting from the performance metrics. I have an exciting week of geeking planned because I'm picking up my network-attached storage this afternoon. Basically, it's like a cloud server, but you keep it in your home or your office. Uh, I move a lot of video files around, so... I finally decided that I would do it that way and uh, excited to set it up. Also excited to tinker with the home automation stuff that I'll be able to do and probably will ruin every regular home automation stuff that we have in our house right now that works perfectly fine. But that's the life of a tinkerer, right? Don't forget the premium version of this podcast. It is just like this one. It comes with no ads, though. Better audio quality, story links in the show notes, audio chapters, and access to more than 20 deep dive interviews with marketing scientists it comes now with my course on building a small agency and a lot more just tap go premium in the show notes or go to todayindigital.com slash premium and that will do it for the week today in digital marketing is produced by engage q digital on the traditional territories of the snunamic first nation on vancouver island our production coordinator is sarah guild our theme is by Mark Blevis. Music licensing by Source Audio. Ad coordination by Red Circle. Wish me luck. 
<laughs> Hopefully I won't break everything that I've spent uh, the last couple of years putting together. I'm Todd Maffin. Have a restful weekend, friends. I'll see you on Monday. 